0: It was my privilege Friday evening to officiate a wedding for a wonderful young couple, uh, Malachi and Lauren uh, Nimitz. And they uh, chose to have their ceremony, as a lot of young couples t- tend to do lately, in, uh, in an off site location. Uh, this particular wedding ceremony was at the Bartlett Ar- Arboretum in Belle Plaine, Kansas. It was very beautiful. If you've never been there, I would encourage you to do that. It is marvelous to see that. Arboretum has been around 111 years. And so I I was very curious about that. I'd only been there one other time before, and I happened to meet uh, the lady who is the caretaker of the Arboretum. I believe her name is Robin. And we had a conversation just about what her work entails and all of that. And she talked about how you know, that she's, I think said, had been serving in that role for about 25 years. And she said, it takes a, a crew of people every day who come, who gather, who set aside all their own individual individualities and come together to steward. And that was her word, the word she used, not the word I'm using. She, she said to steward all of this. I thought that's an interesting way. I was really thinking about that because, and if you were at the ceremony, or if you've ever been to the arboretum, you you cannot help really to just be overwhelmed and in awe of God's creation. And God's creation was stewarded well so that when you go in, you see beautiful plants and flowers and trees that are decades old. Uh, to tiny saplings, and, and the the paths and all the little things they have, it's been stewarded well. And that word began to resonate in my mind as I was thinking over the weekend and asking myself introspectively, how have I stewarded what I, Toby, have been given? I've been a Christian about 30 years now. How have I stewarded the grace that was given to me? How have I stewarded my marriage christian i 've been married over twenty years? How have I stewarded that how have I stewarded that our family? All of those things are blessings from God. How have I stewarded my 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 the blessings here at northside in my role and, and so I just really that, that whole thought began to just resonate. I felt like God was really impressing upon me. The importance of stewarding well what I've been given. None of us here, I don't think, would argue the point that we believe we've been blessed by God. Whatever your situation or status in life is, I'm not just talking about financial. I'm saying you've been blessed by the Lord. Certainly if you're a Christian, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. There's no doubt about that. My question is, my question to you is the same question I began asking myself, how have you stewarded what you've been given? How have you taken care of that? That word steward is not a common word. It simply means to manage, to take care of something that belongs to someone else. How have you taken care of the blessings that God has bestowed in your life? When you really think about that, it it should cause you to, <laughs> in some ways... Be very grateful for all the blessings you've been given. In other ways, it should inspire you to go to a higher level, to manage well, to steward well what God has given you. Today's message is really about that. It's it's actually the second in a two-part series. You've been blessed in every way. You were really blessed last Sunday because last Sunday's message could have been a whole message. But after preparing, I thought, eh, this is a two parter. So we are in 2 Timothy this morning. We're we're actually not too far off of the, the, the message of the, the scripture that we used last week. We're on page one thousand two hundred seventy-three if you're using the Pew Bible. By the way, if you're a guest here with us and you don't have a Bible of your own, take that, use it this morning, and take it as our gift and be blessed by the reading and studying of God's Word. Second Timothy chapter. 1 is where we're going to be, page 1,273 in the Pew Bible, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And as we said last week, Paul is here writing from prison. He's writing this letter to his young protege, Timothy. And we talked last week about the legacy that Timothy had been given. And Paul talks about the gift of sincere faith that was given to him by his mother and his grandmother. And how they had gifted that to him. And Paul says... Encourages him with that, reminding him what he had been given, and now he's going to take a turn, and we're going to continue in verses six, chapter six. Excuse me, chapter one, verse six of Second Timothy. For this reason, and we got to keep in mind last week's sermon, but last last verse, the faith, the sincere faith that was given him. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And see, the context here is Paul understands that he, not too many more days will he be alive here in this world. And he's understanding that the impact that he can have now is very limited, certainly from within a prison cell. That's where he remains. And so he's writing this letter to a young man who still has many years ahead of him and many days to come. And he's encouraging him to not give up, to continue in the faith that he had been given and to continue to fan the flame. And so he pours out this wisdom and instruction for Timothy. And now he begins to challenge Timothy. I'm going to give you a quote here. This is not a biblical quote, but I've always liked it, and I really couldn't actually attribute it to several people, so I don't exactly, I can't credit it, but someone somewhere once said that your talent is God's gift to you, whatever your talent is. But what you do with your talent is is your, what you do with it is your gift back to God. How you steward it, how you handle it. And so with that quote in mind, I want you to to think about how Paul charged Timothy to really be faithful in faith. To be faithful in faith, he asked him to do two things. And they're very simple, but they're not easy. The first thing he asked him to do is to grow in your gift. He says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame, the beautiful picture, which is through the, it says, in you through the laying on of my hands. So he's, he's saying, you know, Timothy clearly had a gift. Paul does not spell it out. It very likely could have been some sort of miraculous, miraculous gift, the gifts of prophecy or knowledge. Uh, we're not exactly sure. We're not told. But this gift was passed on through the laying on of Paul's hands. And we know, according to 1 Corinthians 13, that all of those gifts eventually in the, in the church would pass away. But in this time, Paul has received some sort of gift that helps in ministry, that encourages the church. It's not just about glorifying Timothy. It's about building the church. And Paul, Paul uses this powerful picture of fanning into flame the gift. My question to you is, now, we don't have the miraculous, okay? We don't have the gifts of prophecy and knowledge and speaking in tongues. Those things, according to 1 Corinthians 13, have all passed away. They're temporary measures. But we still have gifts. We still have abilities and talents in fact, uh, the book of Romans gives us a list quite specifically. Romans chapter 12, let's look at that list. Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> verses 6 through 10. Romans twelve six through 10. If you're following along at home, is the scripture you want to be in. If you're following along here, you want to also be in Romans twelve six through 10. Now I'm going to be reading from the NIV. The, this translation is the ESV, but the NIV words it just a little bit differently, so you'll notice a few differences. In the NIV, it says, we have different gifts according to the gift, uh, according to the grace given to each of us. See, grace is undeserved merit, undeserved favor, okay? I wish I could sing like Charles Gardner, but I can't. That's a gift. God gave him that ability. And he uses that gift and honors the Lord with that gift by leading us in worship. If you're a good singer, how do you use your gift to honor the Lord? You just keep it to yourself? It was just something you used back in high school and college? Or do you actually use it to bless the kingdom? I'm so encouraged by the young men I see that, Jason and others have been using their gifts to bless the kingdom. By the way, the using of gifts is not just limited to all of us, it's it's to you too. Timothy is a young man. Continuing in Romans chapter 12, we have different gifts according to the grace given each of us. If your gift is prophecy, then prophecy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. Are you a leader? Are you a leader in your work? Do you have, are you you know, sort of at the top of the org chart? Do you use your gift of leadership in the kingdom, or do you just use that when it pays well? Are you a teacher? Have you been, do you love teaching? Are you given the gift, the ability to impart wisdom and knowledge to other people, certainly with children? Do you use that gift to bless the kingdom? Or is it just when it's for you? You use your gift. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. There, there's a pattern to this it's in the NIV translation. It's if, then. If, then. If you've been given a gift, then use it for God's glory for the building of the kingdom, for the reaching of the lost. We all have different gifts according to the gifts given. You know, some people have a multitude of gifts. They can seemingly, seemingly do everything. There are some people who just have a few gifts. doesn't matter how many gifts you have or how public they are or how private they are. You need to use them. It's if, then. And no one here reasonably can say they don't have any gifts. That's not true. You have gifts. You use them all the time. There are things that bring you joy. There are things that bring you income. There are things that help your family. There are things that make the world a better place. If, then, use those gifts to glorify God in the kingdom. So I want you to think about that Romans 12 is a good place to start. If you don't know what your gift is, but but usually people, if they're quite honest, can come up with some gift they have the ability to use. Paul uses this phrase, fan into flame. You guys know I like visuals, so I brought some gasoline and some wood this morning. (laughs) Just teasing. I thought that would be a little extreme. So I'll give you a picture. If you've been camping, you know not to bring your cell phone. If you've been camping, if you've you've gone out, someone was telling me they were planning to go on a a camping trip, and they had a phrase for it, I don't remember what it was, uh, but it was rustic camping, real camping. We're not talking about glamping here you know that one of the first most imperative things is to build that fire. And you start with a very small flame. It might be just a spark. It might be a fire starter. It might just be a, a, a lighter, a match. But you have to start with some ignition source. And then as soon as you get that going... You have to add fuel to it. Now, you don't take a small fire and put two or three giant logs on it. What do you do? You kill it, right? You don't take someone who's fresh out of the baptistry and say, you know, we really would like wondering maybe you could possibly be an elder. <laughs> no, that's, that, that's too much, too fast. They're not ready. They're not mature enough, but they've got a spark. And so we have to start there, and we want to encourage them. And if you're a new Christian, you should be thinking about, what is it that I could contribute to the kingdom? How could I use my gifts and my abilities? And as you begin to get that fire going, you start with a little kindling and some small sticks and twigs, and you begin adding to it. You begin growing that fire until eventually you can add the heavy logs. And it'll burn, and it'll you know, keep you warm to cook your food. It'll provide some illumination, some uh, amount of protection. You see, the more it grows, the more the fire can do. Does that make sense? And so, as you are growing your fire, fanning your flame, you can do more. It's not about just checking off lists. It's about being a contribution to the kingdom. The only way to build a fire is the old fire triangle, right? Three things, air, heat, fuel. And the only way to get more fire is to add more of those things. To fan into flame is this picture of literally using these these fans that they would use in the first century to get these huge fires going and they would breathe air into it. When someone's baptized, there's usually a group of people that come down and hug them and pray with them, and I'm so thankful for that. And I hope you'll encourage them, not just when they're sopping wet out of the baptistry waters, but I hope you'll encourage them when you see them. I hope you'll say, hey, I'm participating in this ministry. Would you like to join me? I'm going to this class. Would you like to join me? I'm part of this. Would you like to join me? What you're doing there is you're growing and building and encouraging their faith. You're adding to their little fire. But the opposite of that is true as well. You see, minutes ago when we were all worshiping together, and I think Sean said it, I mean, just that moment when there was all of us and were singing and it was so wonderful and we were encouraged in that moment. Our fires were really lit. We were encouraged because remember what it's like when you could only do that from your living room. Just as you can add to the fire. The quickest way to kill a fire is just by taking those things away. By removing the air, by removing the fuel by removing the heat by taking a log off by letting it burn without adding anything to it ooh by expecting someone else to always feed your flame turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4 1 Timothy chapter 4 the Bible's an interesting book if you're not familiar with it some of the books are hard to remember the order But this one's pretty fun because we were in 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy, as you'll guess, is the book right behind it. So 1 Timothy chapter 4, one book behind, page 1270, verse 14 of 1 Timothy 4. He says, Paul writes, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of the elders laid their hands on you. Now, uh, again, it was kind of back to this gift that he gave me. We're not exactly sure what it was. But look what he says: that the, the last part of that verse, he says, Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, that all may see your progress. The question is: not do you have a gift? The question is: are you using it? Are you practicing it? Are you immersing yourself in it? Honestly, I think the biggest affliction in the church right now is spiritual lethargy. We've gotten a little lazy. We've stopped using our gift. And part of that was out of necessity, okay? There was a time when we couldn't be together. There was a time when we were prevented from doing that. But... I want to encourage you this morning as we begin to gather back, as life begins to come back, as we begin watching God go into the church, I want to ask you, are you fueling the flame? Are you just sitting and warming up you? We all have something to contribute. We all have a gift the question is not, if you have it, the question is, how will you use it? Peter says it this way, Second Peter, Second <clears throat> Peter chapter 1, Second Peter chapter, I'm sorry, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. As good stewards of God's varied grace. You've all received a gift. The question is how are you going to use it to God's glory? You have children? You bring them to Bible class? Be so grateful for all the work that they do to teach on Sunday and the faith-by-phase ministry that's happening. But let me ask you a pointed question. Do you, do you steward that well? You ever popped in and asked the teacher if they need any help? You ever went over to Ms. Norman and said, Hey, do you need somebody next quarter? Or have you just been on the receiving end of that? What about in the loft? You got fifth or sixth grade students? Ryan Land have been doing that a long time. Anybody, anybody stop and say, Hey, you need some help? Can I encourage you? I'm not saying that they didn't Ryan and, and 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 everybody didn't put me up to this. I'm just asking. It's easy to be on the receiving end and just expect that those things will be done. My question is, are you using your gift to glorify God? Are you just on the receiving end of everyone else using their gifts to glorify God? It's a good picture, what we did here, right? Charles used his gift and comes here. Majesty, worship his majesty. But you see, if it was just Charles using his gift by himself... It wouldn't be nearly the experience that worship is. No, you have to be, follow me guys, you have to be here. And instead of being on your phone, you know, you have to be looking up. And you have to be singing, Majesty, worship his majesty. That's my best, I'm sorry, you're probably better singers than that, okay? You see... It's both. Charles using his gift inspires us to, to, we don't have the same gift, but, but we have the opportunity to reflect and to build one another. How are you using whatever gift you have to serve others? The question is not, what gift do I have? We spend a lot of time focusing on what gifts we have. I mean, we have whole systems, involvement surveys and the like. But that's not really the question. The question is how do you use what gifts you have? There are some of you who are who are who just speak social media so eloquently. Do you use that to glorify God? To build the kingdom? To reach the lost? How do you use that to serve others? God didn't intend you to use your gift just for you. So grow your gift. The second way to be faithful with your gift is to be bold with it. Back to 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The fear, the word fear there is from the Greek word dialia. And the picture there is one who flees from battle, get this, even though he's fully armed. Can you imagine? Someone all geared up for battle, but they stand on the sidelines and do nothing. We don't talk about the story of the Israelites who sat on the sidelines and watched Goliath taunt. No, we talk about the story of David and Goliath. And he wasn't fully armed for battle. He couldn't even wear the armor. But he went with what he had. And he was faithful with what God gave him. And he won the battle anyway. Are you fearful or are you faithful with your gift? You see... Some speculate, as they read First and Second Timothy, they, they think that maybe Timothy had lost his fire. Not sure why. He had kind of shrunk back a little bit. My personal theory, Timothy had, had got a little bit of fear in his heart. Now, there's two types of fear. There's the fear of God, and there's the fear of man. And I'll tell you from, from this position, it's quite easy to get the fear of man within you. Because people don't like what you say. They think you said too much. They think you said too little. They think you ought to preach more about this or less about that. And so preachers who, by nature, try to keep everybody happy, shrink back a little bit. Maybe Timothy had done that. Maybe he had let fear of man override the fear of God in his heart. And that leads to cowardice. What you got to do is flip those things. When the fear of God becomes greater than the fear of man, what that leads to is great courage. Paul encourages young Timothy. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. He didn't give you the gift that he gave you so that you could cower back and hide it and protect it and never use it. he didn't give you that gift so you could stand back and say unoffensive things And not hurt anybody's feelings and not preach the whole truth. No, that's not what God wanted you. He gave you the spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and of self control. Paul, or uh, John the Apostle would say later of the Spirit, He who is in you is greater than He who is in the world. That should give great confidence, not just to ministers. But the members, have you you shrunk back in your proclaiming of the gospel? Have you shrunk back being the light that you could have been? Have you shrunk back from sharing the hope that you have with anyone? Uh, God didn't give you the spirit that he gave you that you might not use it or shrink back. No, he gave you a spirit of power and of love and of self-control. So here it is. God wants you and I to be faithful with our faith. The question is, how have you been, how have you stewarded what God gave to you? Grow your faith, be bold in your faith, and yes, share that faith with others. Imagine buying a gift for one of your children a very costly and expensive gift, one that You are only able to purchase at great sacrifice to yourself. And you you get this gift and you wrap it and you present it to the child on their birthday or Christmas. And and they never even open it because they're too focused on themselves. Or they open it and they kind of look at it, but then it kind of goes back in the box and gets shoved in a corner somewhere. God gave you and I the greatest gift ever given mankind, the gift of his son. My question is, have you opened the gift? Have you done anything with the grace given to you? Or maybe you opened it decades ago, but but you've kind of shoved it away and shoved it aside, and you talk about it once a week and get the preacher to do that. That's about it. Brother, sister, guests here with us this morning let me encourage you be faithful with your faith i would encourage you to open the gift to obey to be obedient to the gospel of jesus christ by confessing his name as lord and putting him on in baptism and if you've done that my question to you now is what are you doing with what you've been given how are you stewarding what god has given you in christ we've all been given a gift And for the Christian, we have to use that gift. We have to be bold with that gift. The non-Christian, you simply need to start by opening the gift. This morning, if you're ready to respond in either of those two ways, maybe you need to put Christ on in baptism and begin that journey of faith in Christ. It starts, as Jesus himself said, to believe and be baptized. And if you're ready to do that this morning, in just a moment, we're going to have a song, and you can go to the back, and our shepherds will be back there. And you can find one of those men, tell them, I'd like to put on Christ in baptism today to become a Christian and to begin my walk with Christ. But if you are a Christian, and maybe you've been a poor steward of the gifts you've been given, and you need us to pray with you, you need to ask for forgiveness, or you need to, in some way, have the shepherds help you, you can do that as well. Whatever your need might be, if you have one, please go to the back as we stand and as we sing.